The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront podcast by FX Missions. We believe that God calls us beyond where we are, equips us for the unforeseen, and gives us the victory, even if we don't ever see the victory ourselves. Hi, Scott McClellan here for FX Missions Podcasting. Thanks for joining us. Pretty excited today to have an old friend. Larry and I are both crossed the great divide of 50. Let's just put it that way. Welcome, Larry Taylor. How are you? I'm doing great, Scott. It's great to be with you on whatever side of the divide we're on. Man. <laughs> it's good to be upright and uh having another chance to give God the glory another day. I'm thankful to be with you. And and obviously we've had a friendship here. Do we want to count back that far? I was a young man. Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, those were the 20s, days, I think. Uh, those were the days. I think I was in my 20s yet when we met in the mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah. So thankful to have kind of kept up with what you guys are doing. Of course, we've been able to see each other more here and there since I returned to Texas. Of course, you're living in the great metropolis of Graham, Texas, I believe. Big city. Thank you for joining us and I appreciate what you're doing for the Lord. Wanted to talk to you today about, you know, generally what you're doing in missions, get a little bit of your background for folks who wouldn't know you as much and talk specifically. We'll get around to talking more about your recent time in the Far East. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah. That's good. Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit. I mean, I know you've had some ministry experience. We could say that. And you've been in pastoral roles and you've been in missions roles. You've been in a variety of roles. So maybe you could tell us, where did you start out in ministry? Ah, ministry. Yes. Back to the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and I both have East Texas roots. Mm -hmm. So you'll be familiar with some of the locations most people want. Yeah. Yeah, I, I grew up in a little town of Groveton, Texas, and when I was 17 years old, I just had this dramatic encounter with the Lord and felt called into ministry in the 1970s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just started doing uh, youth revivals and things like that. People recognized the calling on me and, and sort of encouraged me in it. So one thing led to another, you know, and I went to college, uh, got the stamp of approval denominationally, you know, to... Right, get a license to operate. <laughs> so, started pastoring <laughs> churches, and uh, I don't know. I pastored churches about fourteen years, I guess, uh, off and on, different churches in different locations. Of course, by the time I ran into you, I was more in full-time traveling ministry by that time in the nineties. Right. Yes. And uh, it kind of continued in that vein until I came to Graham, which was an unexpected return to the pastorate. Right. I've been here about seven years now. 
Cool. Time just flies. I was just getting here when you were moving to Graham. I know we connected at least once. Yeah. And I think that was the subject. You know, at some point that subject came up, said, man, it's good to be this close together again. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm headed to Graham. Yeah. So. I moved, right? yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes. So it's been a journey. You know, I mean, uh, anybody that's been doing this as long as I have got lots of stories. I was with a friend of mine the other day and everything he mentioned led to another story. And I said, you know, we could do this all day long, you know, just tell stories. But that's a pretty compressed view of, you know, a lot of twists and turns and, and different yeah. things the Lord has led me in through the years. But man, it's it's great to be here and serving him at this point in my life. Yes, sir. Well, I'd call you a statesman. and I want to applaud your courage. I don't know how to say this. Most folks with your degree of experience don't make it across all the time zones <laughs> and to another place and taking, you know, that kind of step. And it's rigorous. I mean, it's rigorous to go somewhere where, you you know, it's a completely different culture. You know, it's not what you're used to. And then the people is not what you're used to and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you've been doing, how long have you been traveling eastward? Well, you know, oh, Eastward. Okay. Well, let me, let me tell you the story of the first trip and why that hooked Yes, please. I was pastoring uh, my first church in Avoca, Texas, first Avoca Baptist Church. And one of the guys that I had the honor and privilege of baptizing was from Monterey. He was here on a green card working at a, a cotton gin. And his wife cleaned houses for one of the members of the church. And they started coming to our church. He got saved, baptized. And he said, I want to do a trip back to my home in Monterey and tell my parents about Jesus. Okay. So we all, four of us, my wife, his wife, and I loaded up into our blue Malibu <laughs> and drove from Avoca, Texas, through the border crossing at Del Rio at midnight <laughs> to Monterey. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in his house, which was a colonia in Monterey, you know, four families in a four room house. Mm. And they cleared out a whole room just for Carol and I to stay in. Uh, We were there uh, maybe three days, I guess. Did meetings in the courtyard of that little house. Yeah. And we just do the play the guitar, do a little singing, you know, and all of a sudden this place was packed with people. It was just incredible. Just the sound, you know, the music brought them out. I just got to share Jesus, you know, just preach the gospel. And this guy interpreted for me and practically everyone there, you know, received the Lord that night. My word. My word. That spontaneous meeting in his house. Yeah. I, Scott, that hooked me for life. I mean, after that, you know, <laughs> that was it, man. I was in for anywhere I could go, anywhere the doors open. My word. Well, I did not know. I don't think I knew that, Larry. I, no. I, I knew you'd been to Mexico, but I don't think we ever talked about that. And, of course, some of my first missions experience was in Mexico and a hundred since then, <laughs> but yeah. you know, yeah. you know, it's and Monterey's on certainly on that list would rank about yeah, third or fourth on that. I've been back many, you know, several times to Mexico, but yeah, you asked specifically about the East, and wow, that's a whole story to unfold of how I connected there. If you, if you want me to jump into that, I will. Yeah, please um, do. I'd love to find out about what attracted you, and I know you did some work in the islands over there, you know. Yeah. And I can't remember in granular detail. Of course, the most recent trip you're going to unpack for us was Thailand. But let's go back a little bit and talk about how you got going. Yeah, way over there is the way we say it in Texas, at least. You know, I I can't really talk about that without giving the background that. You know, I was dramatically touched in revival yeah. in 1993. And up until that time, I had 
had been pastoring pretty much, you know. Yeah. And that encounter with the Lord just broadened my perspective and my horizons. And I felt brought a whole nother level of my understanding of calling and anointing and all that mm. gifting. Yes, sir. So and it released me, in a, you know, just a level of effectiveness and fruitfulness that encouraged me to jump out and do stuff. Yes, sir. But, you know, I ministered primarily in uh, the United States. I really didn't have a desire at that point to go anywhere else. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. looking for opportunities. But, you know, it's interesting how God works, how the spirit moves and the wind blows and things change. And mm. for me, it seemed like things in the U.S. were kind of shutting down. I mean, it's like suddenly I'd had a lot of open doors, a lot of ministry opportunities, and all of a sudden it seemed like they sort of trickled down to a few. Yeah. And a friend of mine invited me to come to Australia. He had married an Australian lady that was living there. Yeah. His name was David Fenton, and David Mm. uh, was connected with John Paul Jackson's ministry and some others. Anyway, Mm -hmm. he was over there, and he just invited me for a men's retreat to come to Brisbane. So I went, and man— they were so hungry, and the Lord was really gracious, and God moved. I uh, mm. fell in love with the nation of Australia. Mm. So that opened the doors for me to start ministering in a lot of churches. I got a lot of favor in Australia mm. through that first encounter, really, through that first meeting. That led to an open door to the islands, you know, what I call the islands, but right. the Pacific Islands. A little country called Nauru, that was the first. <laughs> Nauru. When they tell you, you know, when the Lord says you're going to go to the nations, you know, he does have a sense of humor, I think. because. <laughs> Outside of Australia and Mexico, the first country I went to, you know, that I would consider like, hey, I'm going to the missions, you know, the nations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this little bitty country, an island nation called Nauru, and anybody wants to look it up, you're in for an interesting journey. It's the smallest member nation of the UN. Okay. Less than 10,000 people, about 10 square miles. (laughs) (laughs) And it's literally in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, just a few miles from the equator. Right in the middle. It's, it's oh, not close right. to anything. People say, what's it close to? Nothing. <laughs> My goodness. So that was our first real trip. And, oh, it was so awesome. You know, just the people were gracious and loving and receiving. And the revival yeah. happened. And my wife and I took several trips there through the mm-hmm. years. And that was just a, a real blessing. And that guy, this is an encouragement. I, I think God works through relationships. Yes, God, sir. I don't know how for for you and others how that happens, but for me, all open doors have always come through relationships, not by publicity and advertising and all that kind of stuff. But right, he, he would just put the right person at the right time, and that would open a door. And so the the guy that's the general superintendent for the Assemblies of God for Nauru, his name is David Angamia, was in a meeting I was doing in Melbourne, Australia, and the Lord touched him, and he said, "I believe I'm supposed to open the door to the South Pacific." I mean, to the Pacific for you guys, to the island. Wow. And, it's, of course, he was in a position to be able to do that. So he invited yes. us first to Nauru, and then he began sending us to other you know, islands where he had relationship through the AG connection. Mm-hmm. That opened a lot of doors. And this is remarkable. And the tie between prophetic and all that, you know. Yeah. We were in Hawaii on a vacation, my wife and I. I hadn't arrived there yet. I was in Australia. I had not arrived yet. She was, one morning, went out on the beach, which is looking at the you know sun coming up and stuff. And she said, Lord, I want to go to the Pacific. I believe you're calling us the Pacific. And the Lord spoke to my wife and said, I'm going to give you the man that's going to open the door to the South Pacific for you. Mm. Those are the exact words. That's what the Lord told me. <laughs> and so when this guy, you know, David shows up and he says those exact words, I'm the man that's supposed to open the South Pacific. Oh, my word. 
So that wow. was a pretty amazing confirmation. And yes, sir, that opened the door. And we've been to Solomon Islands. We've been to uh, that was really a fruitful season in Solomon. Mm-hmm. Been to Fiji quite a bit. Have a lot of good friends in Fiji, Cook Islands, uh, the Marshall Islands, Kiribati. A lot of these islands, most people know them by the old name, not the new name. You know, Kiribati yes. used to be the Christmas Islands, but right. Um, I think anyway, Tarawa, where the great World War II battle took place. That's in the yes. Kiribati. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. That, I think that covers most of the islands we've been. <laughs> That was a really, really fruitful season as well, Mm. Australia and the islands. Such a blessing. At this point, I've got two continents to check off that I hadn't made it to. Yeah. And Australia is the most populated of that one, and the other one is Antarctica. So I'm I'm hoping to get to Australia. I had a plan to get there. So many of our plans over the last couple of years have been impacted in a negative way. But here we are seeing some doors open up and we're getting through them as you are. But let's do talk again and we'll talk offline about Australia. Mm -hmm. I would love to compare notes with you about that. So at some point during those after maybe the island tour and the Australia stuff that was going on, you found your way to Thailand. Mm -hmm. I can't remember how many times you've been to Thailand, but I know it's been a few. How many was it? I can't remember either. It's been six or eight at least. Okay. Yeah, six or eight. So you've been going there. You're in Chiang, Chiang Mai or is Chiang Rai? I'm trying Chiang to remember. Rai. Chiang Rai. Yeah. Chiang Rai, yeah. yeah. Chiang Rai area. That's right. So I, I, I've been in Chiang Mai and uh, Chiang Rai is a little further north as I understand. Yeah. yeah. Familiar with it for sure. What got you to Thailand? Was it an extension of those island seasons or Australia or something else? How'd you get there? Yeah, good point. We were ministering at a church in... Uh, Melbourne, again, different, a different church this time, but yeah. I had taken a friend of mine with me named Rob Purple, just to kind of accompany on that trip. And um, right. Carol, I think, was on that trip. Anyway, this church in Melbourne sponsored a education center in Maasai, which is a kind of a, the outskirts of Chiang Rai. Okay. And this education center was a live-in facility for kids from Myanmar, uh, Burma, right across the line. Oh, yes. Oh, that, yes, sir. You know, they basically mm-hmm. were at risk for human trafficking, just yeah. kids. And they came to this live-in center, and they were, you know, computer skills, just basic school stuff, you know, technical skills, things like that, job skills. But they wanted us to go there. The church wanted me to go because they really hadn't had an evangelistic emphasis in a while. And a lot of the kids are coming from different backgrounds, uh, even, you know, non-Christian backgrounds. Right. They wanted to have encounters with the Lord, so they sent me kind of as an evangelist revivalist for the school for yeah. a week. So we went, and man, the Lord showed up for those kids, but it also just put a lot in our hearts for uh, for Thailand. And I really, you know, I know this is about me, and I, he's not here to talk about this, but I can't escape talking about Rob's part of it, because when I came back to America, he stayed in Thailand and married a Thai girl. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I think I met Rob yeah, some years yeah. ago. I'm yes. sure I think mm-hmm. you did too. Yeah. He's, he's, and so uh, like uh, Rob says, a lot of Americans come and visit Thailand, but he married Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. So the relationships that Rob established through his wife, Lucera, uh, in the churches over there just opened up, you know, countless doors for me to minister. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. remarkable stuff. So. Yeah, I just, I really, I was trying to count the other day how many times I've been there, but I've kind of lost count how many trips yes, I've made. I get it. That's not an easy trip. 
that's a world away from here. It's exactly halfway around the world for us. So <laughs> you can go either way. If you can go from Dallas, you can go east or you can go west. You'll get there the same amount of time. What do you prefer? If you're going, do you go? Do you prefer east or west? Oh, uh, well, I can tell you which one I don't want to go through again. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. I've got some of those too. This last trip, though, I think the this was the best as far as you know connections and everything. Uh, going through Qatar of all places, you know, yeah. As the news been in America say Qatar, but over there they say Qatar correctly. Uh, yes, Qatar Airways. Uh, for some reason, it was the best connection that I've done so far. It's good to go through Germany too. You can get on Lufthansa and go to Germany and make a connection mm-hmm. with Thai Air. You can go yeah. the other way through American Airlines with Air, Japan. You know. Uh, yeah, countless other, countless other. It's amazing uh, the routes you can take. Yeah. You I've flown Qatar Have you? An, a number of times. I've got a friend who's a staffer on Qatar, uh-huh. and we had some real interesting like connections times in ministry in Nairobi, Kenya. This is not my. I'm not going to take over the show here, but <laughs> anyway, I was in Nairobi. She was basically uh, kind of shadowed our team and did some stuff with her last night. We really had a great time of prayer ministry with her. Yeah. The next time I was, it was several years, five years, maybe five years later, I was in line to check in on Qatar and she also was in line to check in. I said, Hey, well, I mean, I, you know, I had no chance of me meeting you here like this <laughs> in the wide world. She says, yeah, really? I'm not even living in Kenya anymore. I'm living in Qatar and I've taken a job with Qatar Airways. Oh, wow. In fact, let me get you on the friends and family. <laughs> and I said, wow. thank you, Jesus. So, you know, I, I, right away. Anyway, I've flown them a lot. Yeah. I know what you're saying, the ease of movement and the fact that you can take one airline to Bangkok, right? Instead yeah. of taking three airlines to Bangkok right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just one layover. Yeah. In yeah. Doha. It's a long First leg. 16 hours to Doha and then another seven or eight hours to Bangkok. Yeah, I've done it. I enjoy that route too, especially going east. We're supposed to be encouraging people in missions, though, Scott. I'm not sure talking about flight time does that. (laughs) Be ready, guys. Be ready. (laughs) Very, very true. So you got back from Thailand recently on this last trip. Yeah. I think within the last couple of weeks. Am I right? Yeah, I came back uh, Thanksgiving week, uh, on Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. That's when I got back. Man, that's exactly when I landed. I think we were on different day parts. I was coming back from Brazil. We got in a few minutes before customs opened. (laughs) So it was like 4.45 a.m. we got Uh in. Tell us a little bit, unpack a little bit for us that trip, because I know you guys had some great stuff happen, and I know... You were well-received, and it looked like to me there was a lot of hunger from what I saw in the people there for just more of God. Well, yeah, I stepped into something. I mean, I just, (laughs) good. I stepped Mm. into a situation that, you know, is a divine setup. The churches that Rob has connected with in his network over there are truly in a season of revival. And I don't use that word lightly. It's been going on for a couple of years now. It started in one small church near Chiang Rai. Mm. that spread to some other churches in a rural. Uh, and then most recently they had a door open and they have had an outbreak in Chambury, which is down by Padia, uh, south of Bangkok, you know, down on oh, wow. water. Other end, on the other end of the country. Two, well, only about two hours outside of Bangkok, you know, but okay. Okay. Gotcha. More like a suburb area almost. Okay. Yeah. So 
these churches, these pastors have caught a hold. It's fire. The fire of God is on them. I mean, they're just going for it, Scott. Just like revival, some of the places you and I went, you know, mm. back in the nineties and all that. Yes. It's the real thing. And so they invited me over <laughs> to somehow contribute to that. And I think my contribution mainly was that they could organize some meetings in three different cities, you know, and say, the big guy's here. <laughs> and that draws people. But let me yeah. tell you, this is interesting. I'll tell you the really cool thing in a minute. But my first trip to Thailand, I was in a store uh, in a mall there. I was buying groceries, went to the checkout counter, and uh, the checkout lady started laughing at me. Well, that's you know kind of uncomfortable anywhere, but she was really entertained by something. And I could that she didn't speak English. And so she gets the checker next to her and she points at me and they both start laughing. And they finally get three checkers involved. They're all pointing at me and laughing. None of them speaking English. So I'm standing there, you know, like, okay, what's up, guys? <laughs> like, you know, I raise my hands, you know, like, what's up, you know? Uh-huh. And so they point to a sign outside the door of this grocery store in this big mm. mall. Yeah. And it's the Kentucky Fried Chicken sign. <laughs> and it's over there, the KFC logo is just the, you know, Colonel, the Colonel's head, you know? Yes. And they point at the Colonel, they point at me, and they start laughing more, more and more. They start. <laughs> and so I realized then that they think I'm a dead ringer for Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Man. So, so everywhere I go in Thailand, if I start to tell that story before I even get halfway through it, they start laughing because they've already mm-hmm. made the, the connection that I am Colonel Sanders. You look just like person. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah, so I've got great favor when I go, but I think that draws people, you know, just international like, attention. There you go. <laughs> right there. there. Free chicken. Because yeah. KFC is really big. But anyway, let me tell the true story. Uh, I've been doing a Zoom call. It's a class with pastors over there for about a year on Sunday nights. Uh, they've been locked down like everybody else. You know, it's limited yeah. in travel. So I was doing this Zoom call and these guys are just so receptive. And they said, we want you to come and we believe you need to come. Now, well, mm. the country was still in lockdown and they were projecting maybe February, they might open up some, you know? Yeah. So I said, well, you guys pray. I mean, I didn't want to discourage them. I said, y'all pray. I'm, I'm coming whenever the doors open. Yes. Scott, within a week, the prime minister announces that they're going to open up the country November 1st mm. for limited quarantine. That 24-hour quarantine was all that was needed. And it was so sudden that even the Embassy didn't know it was coming. I mean, I, I contacted them after he made the announcement. They said, well, this is the first we've heard of it. <laughs> We're going to have to catch up, you know, get back with us later, you know. Uh-huh. So, you know, I can't convince them their prayers didn't do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And rightly so. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just started the application process for the, the updated one and yeah. got in, you know, got in the first week of people being able to come back and just do the 24-hour quarantine. And so that opened the door. So I stepped into this really, I think, hot revival environment. We did meetings in Chambury first. Mm-hmm. God is good church is the name of it. Great pastor named Peter and his wife, Newt. How can I characterize the meetings? Just the glory is so, I mean, worship is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And they feel like the two keys, well, they feel like the two keys is worship and prophetic ministry. So they're just having an amazing release of the presence of God during worship. And then mm. they'll start prophetic ministry and, you know, eventually Prophesying. I got around. Yeah, eventually I got around to preaching and teaching. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, there was a monk, a Buddhist monk was one of the first testimonies I got to hear. A Buddhist monk got up. He said, I've been a monk three different times. <laughs> and I've been on this search for a long time looking for, you know, whatever. 
And he said, but I found Jesus and I found the kingdom of God. And he said, I've never had this kind of peace and happiness in my life. That's kind of the thing that's happening. I mean, people are just finding Jesus, you know? Yeah. So man, the Lord's showing his glory and people are getting impacted by it. Yeah. There's a a real backstory. They feel like there's two things that are leading this move. That's for the world and not just for them. It's Mm -hmm. prophecy and worship. And where they got it, Scott, was Bob Jones's Apple Tree Revival Prophecy. Really? Really. Yeah. And they feel like they are the fulfillment of, they're walking, not they personally, but I mean, they're walking in the fulfillment of that word right now. The beginning. Can you give us a little bit about that? Of course, many who are listening will know Bob Jones. Some won't. Yeah. He's already passed on to his reward, but right. incredible guy. I knew him and uh, yeah. had some direct and personal encounters with him. And probably he gave me, you know, one of the pivotal statements of my life. Yeah. I can attest to that guy yeah. for sure. Right. Tell us a little bit about the apple tree. Okay. Well, just to give you the beginning of it, how it connects with these guys is that Rob, when he was in America, Several years prior to Bob having the word, the Lord gave him a vision of an apple tree. He saw an apple tree and he saw apples falling off the tree and hitting the ground. And when they hit the ground, he would pick them up. And as they picked them up, they would turn into people. And those people were fully armed in the armor of God. Wow. And then he would set them into place and they became an army. Okay. Fast forward to just prior to Bob's death, he had a prophecy about the apple tree revival. And he said it was going to be, you know, like, the great revival is coming and he saw a very similar thing, you know, apples Mm. coming to maturity and being the army of God that had these weapons of warfare, like nothing ever released. And the weapons were love and peace. (laughs) Oh my. Yes. When Rob heard that, it just ignited him, man. I mean, when he went back to Thailand, he was fully convinced that he was walking in that and he was going to see it happen and unfold. And it has for him and those people. Yeah. So it's an amazing journey. And yes, there's a purity in this thing that I haven't seen before. There's a selflessness in it. It's not about building ministries or names. It's about the kingdom. It's about Jesus. It's about building kingdom family. There are just so mm. many healthy things that God's doing. And I would say there's probably about maybe 500 people, maybe more, that have been affected by this so far. And wow. in Thailand, that's a lot. You know, I yes. mean, a big church yes. in Thailand is 40 people. It's 2% Christian. And so they're making some serious waves right now in the leadership Mm. of the churches there because several of the pastors that have been touched have been key leaders in different denominational groups over there. Right. So I don't know. I just feel like this thing is going to really keep spreading. Of course, they do, too. Uh, So I can't wait to go back. Praise the Lord. There's a phrase there from what I remember is that to be Thai is to be Buddhist. Oh, yeah. You know, Buddhism is completely culturally saturated in the environment. So it's almost like to be American is to be Christian, but, you know, like at a higher level, much higher level than cultural Christianity here in the U.S. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's all through the government, the military, the royal family. I mean, it's just all connected. You know, it's it's everything. Yeah. Yeah, And there's a we joke about being a church on every corner, you know, on the Bible Belt. Yeah, literally is a Buddhist temple. At every turn you make, <laughs> every corner, yeah. you know. and Fascinating. They say 2% Christian. Yeah. The rest is Buddhist. A few Muslim in the southern area. But right. here's what I saw. The, you know, the insight that I had about that, Scott, is this, is that in a land that is filled with temples, literally filled with temples, 
Isn't yeah. it ironic and just like God to raise up a movement that's about him filling his temple with his glory, which is us. You know, yes. we are the temple. And boy, they have gotten that revelation that they are the temple. It's not a building. It's, it's the hearts of mm. men. So I think it's, yeah, there's so many things that <laughs> happening there that are really significant prophetically. But the fact that it, yeah, so dominated by Buddhism, but God's breaking through all that. Yes, he is. I had some friends who were on the field there for eight years, still have some friends who are over there. Yeah. Also work with some folks who have time in the year over there. Mm-hmm. So I maintain a sturdy interest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And I, you know, I think about when can I get back to Thailand? So, man, I really appreciate you joining me here. I do think we got to put a pause button on it. And then we need to come back and tell in more detail, the specific testimonies and more stuff about what you've yeah. seen there and what you're hoping that God does in addition, next steps, what, where it's going yeah. with this. And I thank God for everything he's doing and for every heart he's touching with his glory in Thailand. I thank God for that because, I mean, it really is snatching people out of the flames. It's snatching yeah. people out of deception. Yeah. And like you say, that you know, there's the apples falling fully armed. Mm. You know, when people get delivered from that kind of environment, they're instantly in a position to see how the enemy had them held. And here are the keys to being free. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Let's do get, if possible, give me some details. Somebody wants to follow up with you, know more about you. Is there a site or is there a Facebook? How would you want people to get more familiar and or contact you? You know, I think right now, Scott, the most accurate up-to-date way would be on Facebook. Okay. Just Larry Taylor. They, do uh, they, they need to look for the Larry Taylor that looks like Colonel Sanders? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, somebody's going to pick you out of a crowd, uh, Larry. I think I still have a website called goinministries.org or .com. I can't remember. Uh-huh. But yeah. It's not really very up to date. I've been negligent. Uh, but uh, no, no sweat. So Larry Taylor on Facebook. Yeah, people yeah, can reach out there. Yeah. yeah, awesome, man. Really appreciate you being here. Yes, very happy holidays to you and your family as when we're recording here is on the lead up to Christmas. Let's try to get another session in before the uh, end of the month. Uh, We'll get this thing out. Just be thinking about other things you'd like to share and how we can kind of more complete the picture. And we'll get some folks to Thailand that can do like Robert did. (laughs) (laughs) When you say yes to the Holy Spirit and don't put any restrictions on that, it's amazing where you'll find yourself. Man, I could say... (laughs) Amen. I could say amen to that. Praise God for his goodness and mercy, even though it is frightening at times. I'm super thankful to have been on the receiving end of so much, so much mercy and so much grace. Many blessings to you, bro. We'll, We'll take for session two. We'll get it captured soon. I'm ready. Appreciate it much. As for me, I am Scott McClelland for your FX Missions from the Forefront Podcast. To contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Thanks for being with us. If God spoke to you today, we'd love to hear about it. Click through to the episode notes on your podcast app, choose the link for your favorite social media platform, and share it with us there. 
And if you've not done this already, follow the show in your favorite podcast app at fromtheforefront.com slash follow. Click the link in the episode notes, choose your favorite podcast app, and follow us there to get every episode for free.